Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Suck it! After three weeks uh, being off, welcome to a brand new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks. Hopefully this podcast lasts longer than 86 seconds, but we'll get into that and a lot more. Uh, Jason, since the last time we've talked, we have a new president, we have... Goldberg is the biggest thing in the company again. Young Bucks have resigned with ROH. Steve Carino's leaving ROH. Uh, Nakamura lost the title, won the title back. The he's revival. The ROH champion. Kyle O'Reilly, supposedly, I guess, maybe this is how they get him to stay and not go to NXT. There's a lot of stuff going on. We'll try to get to a lot of that and more, especially the story that basically a year in advance people were talking about and when it finally happened, it kind of was like one of those situations of a tree falls in the forest. Does anybody actually hear it with the, uh, with the title run of Sexy Star? But let's start off with, I guess, let's start off with, with uh, I guess, Lesnar and uh, Goldberg because that's sure. kind of big, the biggest story. Oh, we also have a pay-per-view tonight too. We didn't talk about that, but there's a pay-per-view tonight as well. Absolutely. I mean, so uh, so who do you think's winning at Survivor Series? You know, we uh, it's been a little while. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, um, but Brock and uh, and Lesnar, Brock and Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, I guess would be his proper name. Brock versus Goldberg was the biggest thing going on leading into our final show, and coming out, it still might be the biggest subject. Going in, I I'll be the first one to say I was shocked. That Lesnar didn't beat him. I was shocked to win 86 seconds. I was shocked the idea that the Toronto crowd didn't boo afterwards, getting, you know, 86 seconds of a main event. I mean, they did have like a 52-minute match right before that with the Raw versus SmackDown men's match, which was pretty damn solid. But what was your thoughts coming out of the whole entire situation and going forward with this? Man, uh, so many thoughts. So uh, initially... Like everyone, we were like, why are they doing this? If this is a one-off for Goldberg, why are they doing this? Now it turns out it's more than a one-off, but we didn't know at the time, right? So we were like, what are they going to do here? So that part was interesting. Now we know he's going to stay, so that makes sense. Then we're also hearing Goldberg had some type of injury issue, and so he wasn't going to be able to wrestle a longer match. Plus, to be honest with you, what did we say, right? We can't have a long match. That would be an absolute disaster. So they had a short match, which I think worked out for the best. To have Goldberg dominate him was surprising. To have him win that quickly was surprising. And now apparently he's going after the title. I, I don't know. It, it, it It's crazy. It's very interesting. But it will make for a, a good Royal Rumble for sure. Now let's let me take the... Um... The, the I guess the smart, smart mark, whatever you want to call point of view here. And you can tell me if I'm totally insane on this. But the simple idea is that the big thing with Brock Lesnar was he was the guy that beat Undertaker's streak. And if you're going to have somebody beat Brock, you have a new guy who you build that, you know, will be the future of the company. You know, if you're bringing in the big moment with Samoa Joe or someone who's in NXT or, you know, Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens, somebody. And then you're going and giving the rub to the guy who beat the Undertaker streak, who destroyed John Cena, and, you know, with 47 suplexes, and you give it to a guy who's 49, who's going to be 50, and could barely move. I mean, he's over as all can be, but 
that big moment of, you know, the Undertaker thing is basically gone off the, tra the trails. But, Corey, that's what matters. What did you say? He's over as all can be. That's the point. You know, I mean, we talk about even this cruiserweight division and how that's going not well. But I was thinking about it today. Is it that the cruiserweights are not good? No, it's the fans don't care about them. There's no stars in this division. And you need stars. And Goldberg, he's old, but he's a star. Um, he's been one for a long time. And I underestimated it. I think you underestimated how big he was going to be. But he's he's pretty over. So, you know, and I've heard you know friends say, oh, I'm watching WWE a little bit more now because Goldberg's on there. So it's, you know, I think there's some tangible evidence to show that this guy's a star and is a bigger deal than maybe we suspected. So, I mean, it makes sense that they'd have him in the Rumble. Um, and, and, you know, obviously he's not going for the title, I, I would doubt. But at least he's going to be around. So do you think we're ever going to get off the idea that the part-timers are the true stars? I mean, this brings up the bigger issue. And I've said this 4,000 times, and I'm like a broken record right now. But besides John Cena, who is this company truly built? You know, I mean, I guess you could say they've built Roman Reigns to a certain degree, but the crowd hates Roman Reigns. It gets worse every week. Jericho is getting over basically because he's Chris Jericho and he's so damn entertaining. But, I mean, who's truly over? And at some point, do, do these part-timers, do they just stop becoming relevant? Because the way it goes is, I don't know if they ever are, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a problem that, that we've seen in the company for years and years and years. And I don't think it's going to go anywhere. You know, I think if CM Punk came back, he'd be the biggest star in the company. Um, and he would get people to watch the shows because he's on it. Um, you know, and he'd be a returning star, returning guy. I, I don't know. I think part of it is that we haven't seen these people in a long time. And I think that that's an element of it. I mean, the fatigue that we get from seeing Owens and Rollins, we got two pay-per-views every month now. They're not a star because we see them every freaking week, sometimes twice a week, sometimes more than that. So, you know, with Goldberg, we see him, we've seen him once in 12 years. So, I think that's really it more than anything. Um, you could even say Brock Lesnar still is a star, but, you know, his star, you could say, is dimming a little bit too. So it's it, WWE is in a tough position because they're putting out so much content with the WWE Network, and they need to put guys, you know, on their TV. And it's hard to build stars when you see the guys time after time after time. Do you think that in, let's say, by WrestleMania time, do you think people are going to still be this gung-ho with uh, with Goldberg? Or do you think that the fans are going to get worn out if they see him a couple more times? I mean, where do you do you feel that Goldberg in a main event slot is going to help WrestleMania 33, I guess now, or 34, be this huge money-making venture more than it was already? I think so, yeah, because the fans are already excited about him being there. And if he shows up at the Royal Rumble... And, you know, we don't see him maybe until the Rumble. Then he's in the Rumble. Him and Brock get into it, obviously. They eliminate each other. And then they build up of a feud for those two guys until Mania. I don't think we'll be seeing Goldberg that much to get sick of him. Um, and that's one of the things, right, with the part-timers. 
these guys are protected. They're not on TV. And that part of that, I think, was Goldberg's contract and things like that. But he's not on TV getting stuff down our throats, like the Rollinses and the Owens and, you know, those guys. So I do think they'll protect him enough where when he wrestles Brock again at Mania, it'll be a big deal. All right, let me ask you the huge question, at least in my opinion. When a guy gets killed in 86 seconds, okay, this was the UFC or boxing or whatever, if a guy gets killed in 86 seconds, is there still interest in seeing a rematch when a guy won that easily and that convincingly? In my in my opinion, he's uh, yeah, the first time they faced was 12 years ago or more, and most fans don't even remember that at this point. But the fresh memory is 86 seconds, two spears, jackhammer, over. I don't know if I want to see this match again. It was such a decisive victory that I don't know if I care enough to go and see them fighting. Maybe you disagree, but do you think the average fan right now, maybe the WWF will do something in the Rumble to make it seem like a big deal, but basically Goldberg destroyed Lesnar. Why do I need to see that again? Well, Corey, we didn't think the average fan wanted to see this match, and they all did. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see why they wouldn't want to see it again. Um, yeah, he killed him and he beat him up, but they've also seen Brock for the past couple of years be the most dominant force in the WWE. So I think there would be some natural curiosity from a fan thinking, "Oh man, he beat him that quick. Is Brock going to get him this time?" So um, no, I, I definitely think there's an element of intrigue, even though. Um, you know, like you said, he did beat him in such a t- short time span. So do I think it could quell some, you know, some things with this rematch? Maybe, but I think for the most part, the fans would want it. The average fan we're talking about here definitely would want to see those guys go at it again. Do you, though? I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know if I no, really I, care. I, I, didn't, Corey, I didn't really want to see it the first time. So, <laughs> I, I, so I, think, I, I don't think we're in the... Um, majority here opinion about Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I, he didn't do a lot for me even back in the day. Like he was fine. I was never a huge, huge fan of his to begin with. So for me, I, I, it, it's not anything the WWE did. It's just I'm not. I was never a huge fan of his anyway. So you know, I, I don't really want to see him. But that, but that wouldn't have. That doesn't have anything to do with what happened during Survivor Series or whatever. It's more, I'm just not a huge Goldberg fan. All right. Um, Like I said, since we've gone, a lot of events have happened. We had NXT Toronto. We had the Lucha Underground getting its, figuring out who's going to be champion for the long term possibly now. What were your thoughts on uh, NXT Toronto? What did you think of the reaction to Ty Dillinger for that whole entire weekend? which is going to bring me into my other point about, but what was your th- some thoughts about NXT and where it is right now? Yeah, with, with NXT, it's funny. There's been so much wrestling over the last couple of weeks. I have to think back, but uh, the tag match was great. Uh, the women's match wasn't bad, uh, and the world title match was, was pretty solid as well. Now, we already know what happened with Nakamura. I don't think I'm spoiling anything. This was on Twitter. Um, NXT had their show in Osaka, Japan. And now Nakamura is the champion again. Uh, so, um, and the reports were they were potentially going to have a Bobby Roode Nakamura feud. So I don't know if that's where they're going, but I would suspect that's where they're going. Um, yeah, I think NXT is in a, in a good spot. Uh, the women's division will be interesting to see how they get new challenges for Asuka. 
Um, I know Ember Moon is, is someone they're looking to put over, but uh, they, they definitely need to build that division a little bit. So, yeah, NXT is a good spot. Um, I don't love the Authors of Pain, you know, but they're okay. Uh, so I think there's some things they're doing well. Um, and I think there's something, and, and as far as Ty Dillinger goes, he's, he is great. I, I've told you before, I love him. I'm not surprised he got the reaction. I mean, he was in his home country, so that was definitely a big thing. But Corey, he's over with every crowd. He, he reminds me of like, uh, he's, he's like the Dalton Castle of, of NXT, and that he's super over with the crowd. He doesn't really win all the time. Um, he doesn't have a title. He's not ever really competing for the title. But he's really over with the fans, and he puts on pretty good matches. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I really, I I went and followed, um, which happens rarely nowadays, but at WorkshootPod uh, on Twitter, I did a little coverage that night of the NXT show. Nowhere as good a coverage as Jason does when he decides to go and not play FIFA and actually talk about Raw Monday nights. Um, shots fired there. But um, I thought it was... live is the chore. I, I agree. I thought it was a good, I thought it was a very good show. I thought the Revival versus uh, DIY, which I think is a terrible name, I thought was one of the best matches you'll see this year. In a couple of weeks when we talk about, you know, our favorite matches and everything of the year, heads up on that, Jay, we might be doing something like that. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to be in the discussion. I thought Asuka, Mickey James, once, and I say this pretty much every time Asuka has a match, She's on these specials. She's always situated after the best match on the show. During WrestleMania weekend, her match versus Bailey was right after uh, Sami Zayn versus Nakamura. She had another one where I think it was right after another tag team match. So she puts on really good matches, but people, I think a lot of times, forget about her matches because there's always something so great right before it. And it's almost like at times... McMahon is still forgotten the idea that women's wrestling is over, at least in NXT. And you don't need that to be basically the, uh, the letdown match between like the, your, no, your semi I think, and your I, I don't event. think that's what's going on. I don't think Vince has anything to do with booking these shows. I, Vince has nothing to do with booking these shows. No, I'm sure. It's Triple H more. I'm, I'm not saying no, but you know what I'm yeah. saying, though. They've done a nice job of positioning the women. It's fine. No, but they, I, just, I mean, they, but Corey, they've had these matches back to back. They've yeah. always had these with um, Bailey and Sasha. They had that right before ba- uh, Balor and Owens at, at, at NXT Brooklyn last year. I mean, they always do this. They Those are the two main events, and they put those matches usually back to back with the world title match. Just, so oh, no, the match if the match isn't as good, it's because the match isn't as good, not because they were positioned poorly. This isn't this isn't uh, the Divas era when Nikki Bella was going against Alicia Fox. They put that on right before the main event on Raw. That's not what's happening here. I mean, Nick, Nikki Bella versus Carmella on Sunday went on the same uh, same time zone. No, uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're putting something into the match. No, no, I know, I know. But no, what I'm saying is the fact I think she's had really good matches, but they keep on getting overshadowed by these tremendous matches that are. Yeah, right but I think the matches are aren't good enough. I mean, they're fine, they're good, but um, she hasn't had a match the level of you know Bailey. Sasha or Charlotte, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is her style. I mean, her style is kind of a beat-the-shit-out-of-you style. Like, that's what she does. So she doesn't always have a lot of... Um, and that's the way she's been booked, too. 
she's booked as like kind of an unstoppable force. Even though she's not a big woman, I think her style is that of a big, immovable force kind of thing. So her matches are kind of booked for her to dominate, which doesn't always make for the best style. So I think that's it's really more that factor than a where she's positioned or whatever. Or there's a match overshadowing her. That's all nonsense. What what really is the issue is how her matches are laid out and booked, and she's looked to she is made to look so dominant in her matches that sometimes those don't play out to be the best matches to watch. Like I said, I'll say again, I thought I thought her and Mickey James had a very good match. I'm not saying no, but yeah, like, solid. And like I said, all I'm saying on there was I thought the tag team match was just by far the best thing on that show. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. Well, but you know that Bobby Roode Ty Dillinger match was very fun too. Fun. I'm not going to say it was good, but I was saying it was very. The crowd was great. The both intros well, were really what, good. What, what do I say to you? And I say that to you all the time. Everything is not going to be Nakamura and Sami Zayn. Absolutely, Russell. no, I know. Absolutely. Like everything isn't going to be these these matches. You know, some matches are going to be more fun. Mm-hmm. And that is okay, and it's okay to have a fun match. I think it was good for the atmosphere, for the crowd, and how much they were into it. I think the guys worked hard. I think it was a fun match. And Agreed. so to me, a fun match equals a good match. Was okay. it amazing? No, but it was a good match that I enjoyed. True, true that. Uh, and then we had our title match, which in the long run didn't matter because the the title's back on Nakamura, but I thought Nakamura and Joe was pretty solid. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to find it interesting what happens with Samoa Joe and the Revival. I know I, I don't know what they did. I believe they had a, a rematch at the tapings, but the Revival and Joe, where do they go from here? Is it time for both of them to graduate to the next level? I mean, I think... 95% of the world would say Joe should have never been in NXT to begin with. But is there really much more for the Revival and Joe to do on NXT? Not really. There, there really isn't. I'm glad Joe is in NXT. I think he was really good in NXT. And I think it's been really good for his character and his development. In the ring, he has no development need, obviously. He's one of the best in the world. But um, I like where his character's going and what they've done with this character. And I think he's gotten better on the mic since he's been in NXT and better with the, the way his character's developing. So I don't think he needed to go to NXT to learn how to work or anything like that. But I think NXT has helped him in terms of him becoming more of a WWE kind of wrestler but keeping who he is. Um, so if he left right now and went to the main roster... I think he'd be better off than he would have been had he just been thrown into the, you know, thrown into Raw his first night. Oh, I, I agree. In the long run, it's turned out. But I guess then the other part of this is where do you where do you want to see Joe go and where do you want to see the Smackdown. 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 I mean, we, we're going to say this for everyone who comes up. We're going to say SmackDown. Is it because of the lack of depth on the SmackDown side, or you think they'll just get lost in the shuffle on Raw, or lost all it, the above? Lost, lost in the shuffle. Well, I mean, I, I, it is still amazing how Raw is this three-hour show with half the roster, yet we still find people on the roster getting lost. It, it's, it's unbelievable to me how they could do this Nikki Bella against Carmella feud, which 
has been well done. I mean, I don't think Carmelo's great in the ring still, and the match might leave something to be desired. But they've done a good job with the feud, and they've made those two women stand out more than Sami Zayn has stood out on Raw. Um, although it was interesting what they did with him a couple of days ago. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I trust what Samoa Joe is going to be on Raw. So I would prefer for him to go to SmackDown. But, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. Um, all right, move, moving on. We'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we, we'll get back to WWE in a few moments. But one of the big things from last, I guess this time or earlier, actually it was earlier this year, in the very beginning of the year, Lucha Underground does its, uh, it shows, you know, six months in advance. They tape them. They turn them around. The, the big thing was that there was going to be a title change at Aztec Warfare. Jay, fortunately, was not spoiled by the event. I had, I had heard what had happened. How do you feel this all played out? S- sexy star who, in my opinion, has had one good match in her, her three years in Lucha Underground. The incredible I Quit match versus Mariposa. Wins the title. Then the very next week, she loses to Johnny Mundo who I think could be a very good champion. Always loved them in uh, WWE as Johnny uh, Johnny Nitro and, you know, stuff with The Miz and everything else he did. And I think he's doing a pretty good job with the, the, the underground. But what was the point of having Sexy Star win the title and then lose it the very next week? So I don't – so this is what I don't know. I don't know where they were in these contract negotiations in terms of Sexy Star because um, – for those who don't know, and this is, I don't think, really a spoiler because this has been widely known, that Sexy Star has retired from wrestling or at least retired from, or at least left AAA slash Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's wrestling without a mask now and things like that. Sure. So, uh, and supposedly there was a contract dispute as to why she left. That was one of the reasons she left. Now, I don't know where she was in terms of those contract negotiations. I'm not sure you know, what those things were. Maybe they wanted to give her the title before she got sent off. I'm not really sure how any of that worked out and whether that was a factor, which maybe it could have been. I was surprised Mundo won that quick. Um, They gave Sexy Star the Rey Mysterio treatment a little bit. Um, But I, I guess I find that I'm... Well, one, this establishes Mundo as even more of a heel. Uh, because he he really fucked Sexy Star over here. And, you know, as far as the Sexy Star only having one good match in three years, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if I think that that's true. I think she's had some solid matches over the course of Lucha Underground. But she is really over. And she is kind of like the, you know, the, the, you know, the, she can't win. Um, she's fighting hard. She's smaller. Yet she's, you know, yet the fans are still behind her. Kind of an old school character, David and Goliath kind of thing. Um, so I think her character is super over. I think this makes Mundo even look like more of a heel. I don't think it hurts Sexy Star because she lost with the brass knuckles thing. So I don't think this even really hurts her that much. Now you can say, well, why do this for a week? I think it establishes Mundo as more of a, as more of a heel. They're doing it this way. Um, I think, you know, with them setting up storylines, I think that having Sexy Star win the title 
kind of helped move some of those storylines along. So I don't know. I hear what you're saying, and maybe it was pointless, but I thought it was a pretty cool moment her winning the title. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty awesome, even if she lost it a week later. Really? Okay. I mean, I think we'll agree I mean, disagree I, on this. I one. have a, more of a problem with it watching it. Uh, initially, then after I processed it and thought about it, I did not have as much of a problem, especially seeing how it worked out and how this makes Mundo even a bigger heel, which I think is the point. Well, I, I think uh, you haven't said it yet, but I think the bigger point is Matanta's no longer champion, so now you care again. But um, <laughs> it's I think it's going to be interesting what they do with this. I mean, I think that they've got some interesting stories to tell with now with Pentagon Jr. being possibly, I guess, out for a little while. And I think most people over the last three years, three seasons of this show, have thought that the end game is Pentagon Jr. being champion, him being most likely the most over guy in the company 95% of the time. So we'll see where they go with that. But I really don't know. I mean, if this, if this had been, you know, something that took place maybe two or three months ago, and they were ahead of the curve with, you know, having a woman being champion... And Go doing, McCoy, ahead of the curve. She's a, she, she was the champion of the company. For, this for 10 minutes. Um, this wait, hold on, Corey. This isn't woman's champion. This is champion of the company. This is like if Charlotte Flair is the WWE champion. It, it's, it's a, they are ahead of the curve. They're definitely ahead of the curve. Because a woman won the t- championship of the company. They're absolutely ahead of the curve. All right, well, let me put it. Let me ask you this, because and you follow stuff closer and on the online communities than you than I do. Was there any when she won the title? Was there any buzz at all about this? Was there any buzz at all about her losing the title? It basically maybe I'm wrong, but you know I listen to a lot a lot of podcasts. I, I listen to some different things, especially the fact we weren't able to do a show for three weeks. I was you know dying over here for listening to something about wrestling. Basically, it happened. It, nobody spoke about it. They moved on. She lost. Nobody spoke about it. It basically this had no effect. It had no effect. Maybe, maybe you you heard something on your end, but from you know a lot of people I know who watch wrestling and who to even watch Lucha Underground, it kind of just it happened. It, it's over. There was no huge impact of her being champion. But uh, yeah, I, I I mean that's fine. I, I get it that you're saying it didn't move the needle. But Lucha Underground, God bless them, but they only have like 100,000 people who watch the show anyway. So most of the things they do aren't really going to move the needle. Um, and you can say she wasn't champion long enough for it to move the needle. I mean, there, there's something to be said for that. Um, that is definitely something that I get, that she wasn't champion long enough to move the needle. Um, but, you know, not only are they, I don't know if they're trying to move the needle or if they just are writing storylines that they think make sense. And that storyline with Sexy Story, it made sense for her to win the title kind of by fluke and the kind of David against the Goliath thing. And then she lost the next week by cheating against the biggest heel in the company. Uh, so I, I, whether it's moving the needle or not moving the needle or whatever, I think the story made sense on, on how they did it and why they did it. All right. Uh, last thing on Lucha Underground quickly. Uh, one of the things that was going on... This season has been... Uh, before you go, yeah. we're talking about the season. This season has been so much better than last season. And I think it's not as good as the first season, but it's not been that far away. I think the last few episodes have been terrific. I think the show is finding a groove. I don't think they're introducing too many new people at once. 
Um, and it, I, I think the show's been very, 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 very good this year. All right. Um, I don't disagree with you for the most part. Uh, a lot of people online this week were going back and forth in regards to this week's episode of Lucha Underground, where it, a lot of people thought it was a good episode. You had the great moment of the, of the dive onto Pentagon Jr., but the first two matches that Pentagon Jr. had were kind of brutal, to put it nicely. Do yeah, you- yeah, okay, so so l- let's talk about this. I know you always get into this, the women thing, getting beat up or whatever. These women were beating the shit out of him. Right. I would have, I would have, because I thought about that while watching the matches, like, is it too much? But it wasn't only because the women were beating the piss out of him. And I think if it were just him beating these women up, I would agree with you, like that um, cage tire match where I don't think she got an offensive move in the whole match. That was um, brutal. Then I would then I would agree with you, but he was getting his ass kicked pretty bad, especially during the um, the I think it was the third match with the well the woman that beat him, mm-hmm. uh, but then even the second match was brutal. So the first match was a little bit of her you know her getting run over. The second and third matches were brutal. I mean, that could have just been a smaller guy in the match. Um, so, you know, I, I, I thought they were tr- tremendous matches. And they because they weren't squash matches. He wasn't just destroying these women. I, and I think that that's why. But I did think about what you what you say about the women and, oh, uh, we can't let women get hurt or whatever. But um, I don't think it was – I think it was it made a lot of sense what happened. And you know what? This would be the one one of the rare times that I agree with you. I thought and I, I didn't and think, I don't it was... think there were too many chair shots to the head. Oh no, there were no chair shots or anything. That that was all good. But yeah. but this is the point I want to get to quickly before we move on. Like when you have Johnny Mundo versus Sexy Star, where it's feels like more like a traditional wrestling match. I'm okay with that. But when you have these you when you have these super violent moments in matches with men versus women. I still think at times, like I said, I didn't think it was as bad this week, but going back to, you know, the tire versus cage match and like that, or, you know, um, Mill versus uh, Eva Lee's the first week of the, of the new season, I think those type of matches I don't want to see. I don't want to see these huge dudes facing these, these women who are, you know, who are, you know, smaller than us, you know, basically getting ragdolled. That... I still feel a little uncomfortable with, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it. It doesn't bother me at all, but I get it. I'm, I'm calling your fiance now to tell her that you're out of your mind. No, uh, I mean, this, stuff yeah. this stuff doesn't bother me. I mean, it is, I mean, the, the, the Ivalice, that Mill Ivalice match was, I mean, he just destroyed her. Yeah. But he didn't, I don't think he did any chairs or anything. He just was much bigger than, but, but Corey, what's the difference between that and him beating up Paul London? Because he's a guy. It, 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 Paul London is 150 pounds. He's, he's only a little bigger than the women. So, like, if he got ragdolled by Mill, we would be like, oh, my God, it's so uncomfortable because it's a, it's a small man. Like, I don't know. Like, what's Not the that. difference? Because they're females? Because they have a vagina uh, and blue? Jesus. We're, women, we're, we're putting on women, the PG-13 rating Women give birth to children. They're, str- they're they're generally stronger than us in a lot of other avenues. So I'm not, you know, no chair shots, no overly violent matches where the woman is just getting, like, her ass kicked. I mean, that is a little much, but 
with the exception of that, if it's a wrestling match, it's a wrestling match. If it's a wrestling match that goes towards a story, then that's the point. You know, it's like Sasha was talking about this, uh, uh, I don't know, a month ago or something like that, where her whole thing is, she's like, I don't even want to be called a women's, I don't want to be called a women's wrestler. I want to be called a WWE superstar. I, I, I want to be part of what is happening here. And whether you like it or don't like it, or you worry about women's health or whatever is going on there, they are part of the show. They are a big part of the show. They're not an entity onto their own. The same reason with these cruiserweights in the WWE, why they're not doing as well. They're like another entity. They're not part of the show. They're not ingrained into what the show is. They have a purple ropes and a purple ring and a purple belt. It's not part of Raw. It's a thing onto itself. And Blue Underground has done a really good job of integrating the women onto their show. And I guess coming out of the last thing I swear on this, do you think Lucha Underground should have a women's division? Or or do you think the way they're doing it, men versus women, is the way they should keep it? Last point on this. I'm just wanting your point of view. Should there no, be I a like, women's I, title, a women's division? No. I like the way they're doing it now. The main belt in Lucha Underground is the title. The world, the Lucha Underground title. That's the belt that counts. That's it. One belt. Once you start doing, well, let's do a women's division. No. Now, maybe if they hadn't, I, I would, you know, I would agree with you. But they've already established, they've already established that this is what it is. This is what we're fighting for. So, no, I, I don't disagree. I don't agree. Okay. And moving on back to the WWE quickly here. Speaking of the women, what do you think of Charlotte versus Sasha Banks part 76? Yeah, we've gotten a lot of these. Now, Again, I guess there's spoilers about where they're going, but if I had to guess, they're going to have Sasha against Nia Jax and Bailey against Charlotte. I would believe those would be the next two feuds they're going, they're going to go with. And so, um, yeah, I thought it was a good match. Um, I mean, it was a hardcore match of them beating the hell out of each other, so I thought that was, that was cool. I thought it was a good match in that it was a bit different from their matches in the past, which was good. I, I didn't want kind of their classic same matches that they've been having all the time. I hope after this we're away from Charlotte and Sasha for a while. I can see them revisiting it at WrestleMania or, or, or doing something like that. Um, but for now, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I thought the match was good. I'm glad it was in a main event spot again. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a good match. And um, I, I think, you know, the Nia Jax against Sasha, if that's where they're headed, I think that could be an interesting feud. I don't love Nia Jax, but I think she's okay. And um, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens with the feud. Uh, I, I I agree for the most part. I mean, I I definitely think I do agree with it. it's time for these two women to move on to other feuds. I mean, yes. And I'm going to come from the other point here for a second. I think there's been way too many godforsaken title changes. They they basically I, have gone. I, I agree with you about that. I 100 uh, percent agree with you about that. They did not need to change the title. As much as they as much as they have with these two, and, and no matter what, they got to have one of these women hold the title for a while. It, it's it's enough already. I I agree. I mean, it's just like it's too much back and forth with the title, and I don't I don't understand the whole type of thing where Sasha only wins the titles on Raw and 
Charlotte wins the titles on pay-per-views. I think it's kind of crazy. I think it's just time to have one last match, most likely at the pay-per-view, and move on to other things. Because, I, I don't know. I just feel like these two women are great, but it's time to do other things. Uh, I guess next thing on Raw, which I think is interesting, they've, they finally are starting to show a little bit shattering of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho with the two of them slowly, you know, separating a little bit. I still think they'll be together for a little bit longer. But are you ready to see them separate yet, or do you still think there's still more to this story and maybe the big blow-off should be at, you know, hopefully Mania or some or somewhere down the line? Or do you want to see them split now? Um, I do not want to see them split now. I think they can get more out of it. Um. They can definitely get more out of it, I think. They're both funny. They're great. Um, I think they're doing a good job, a way to protect Owens. Um, so, no, I would prefer them to, to not blow things off just yet. Keep it going. And I suspect they will. I mean, I, I am hoping you're right on that. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where they go, especially with, you know, the golden child back in the main event picture. Do you think that at I know we're skipping over TLC for a second, but do you think at Roblox end of the line, another great name of a pay per view, do we see Roman Reigns take uh, back the title, or do you think McMahon will hold off a little bit longer before Reigns, you know, going back to where he was before the suspension? Don't we do that for our predictions? Isn't that our prediction segment? Um, okay, that's one way of not wanting to answer the question. All right, we'll talk no, about I, think that Owens, I think Owens. I think Owens wins. I, I definitely think Owens wins. Okay, yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm actually quite. I, I'm fifty-fifty on that right now. I, I'm not really sure where yeah. they go on that. Yeah, I mean, I think Owens. I mean, I, I guess if well, we're gonna have to discuss this more. I mean, that's a couple of weeks away. We'll see. But I think Owens wins. But then we've got to figure out what the next feud for Owens is. Or do they do Rollins again? Or, you know, do they do Jericho this time? Kind of where do they go with them? Or do they just start a Reigns-Owens feud for the time being? Because those two have had some really good matches together, actually. Some good chemistry. So, um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's get to uh, TLC. What's your – we do this every time – before we get into the card itself, what's what's your feeling right now? One to ten, how how you know how pumped are you for the show tonight? I mean, before before we started to do a show tonight, did you even realize that we had one this week? You know, sometimes you sit there and go, "Oh shit, we have a pay per view." What's what's your feeling on? Uh, I didn't know we DLC? had one this week. That's a good sign. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know all the matches, but um, you know, That's the, main why event, the, the main event match looks good. Um, I know we've got Becky and uh, Alexa Bliss in the tables match, which should be interesting. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a solid show. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know that we'll have any title. Maybe, you know, maybe they got to have Ambrose win the title. I, I don't think anybody else loses the title, but I think well, we'll, we'll go over the predictions. But I think it, it'll be a fun show. Whenever it's a TLC show, they usually do a good job of making the show fun. So I, I think it'll be a fun show no matter what. So. I'll say a, I'll say a solid six. All right, you know what? I'm actually a little bit more than you on this one. I think uh, around a seven and a half, eight. I think the stuff with AJ and Dean Ambrose has been very interesting. I think the stuff with the women's title, I think, has been really good. I mean, I'll be the first one to say I'm really into Alexa Bliss right now. 
So I, I anything she's in right now is gets me a little bit more yeah, interested. She needs, a, she needs to have a good match though. Like I, I she she's been okay, but I, I still haven't seen that outstanding match from her. Right. Um, if, I, if there was anything I was kind of worried about. All right, so let's let's get into this. Let's start with uh, SmackDown Tag Team Title Match: Heath Slater and Rhino going against the uh, American Alpha. Oh, I'm sorry. No, wait a minute. No, they're still not. They still don't want to push them yet. Uh, going up against Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Orton and Bray, your sole survivors in uh, Survivor Series, getting the tag team opportunity. There, I I guess they're hot right now. I mean, I think most people believe that this is just leading to, you know, a turn by Orton setting up either a Royal Rumble or WrestleMania match between the two. But where, where do you see this going? I could see them winning the titles right now and then making that story go a little bit more down the road. So I'm going to go with the title change here. Where, where do you see this? Yeah, I think with the Wyatts as champions, it sets up for an interesting dynamic. You could do the rematch with Slater. Um, you know, American Alpha, they had some heat between those two, so you could then get American Alpha an opportunity. Um, and there haven't been heel tag team champions yet, and it's been a couple of months. So I, I think this probably would be the right time to do it. So I, I, I'm going to go with you and, and say that there's a title change. Do you think, uh, do you think though, we, we are building towards Randy Orton with the turn, or do you really see Randy Orton being a heel for all? Because we really haven't gotten into this. I, mean, I thought Randy Orton would turn, but... I mean, it doesn't look like they're going to do that right now. Um, I know they're kind of setting up something with Luke Harper, it seems like, where maybe he turns on the group. Uh, you know, Orton and him, and him have seem to have some conflict, and they've had Harper losing these matches. So I think maybe they'd be maybe setting something up with Harper where he breaks away from the group. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know. We'll see. But I do think the Wyatts win the tag team. Title. All right. We got Kalisto versus one of your favorite guys, uh... SmackDown Live standout Baron Corbin in a chairs match. I think the obvious thing is you're building Corbin. I think you got to have him win this match. I, I still will say over and over again that I wish that the character we see on SmackDown Live we saw on the uh, on SmackDown. But uh, I, th well, I, I really, I, I, I really I think, think Baron Corbin wins. Yeah, I, I think we do see that character, but. Um... I think Corbin definitely wins. I mean, he's the guy they're building up. Uh, he was going to be in the Survivor Series match, so he is someone they look at as a, you know, kind of up-and-comer on there. I think Kalisto's a guy they, I don't know, that he's kind of a throwaway on SmackDown right now. Uh, so I do see Baron Corbin winning the match. All right, so we agree so far two for two. Intercontinental title match, which is a ladder match. We've got The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. Supposedly, like they say on every feud, this will be the last match they ever have against each other. But uh, we all know in about a month they'll face each other again. <clears throat> I think The Miz is so good as in this role. A couple of weeks from now, we'll actually have a chance to discuss this more. But I think Miz very well might be maybe most improved, one of the most improved guys this year. And one of the guys who's truly been helped by the, uh, the roster split. I'm going with The Miz. Hopefully Dolph moves on to something maybe a comedy career, but um, I think The Miz wins in this ladder match. Yeah, I think The Miz definitely wins. Um, and I do think we get some type of, you know, there's this rumor um, that Shelton Benjamin is going to come back and is going to be teamed with Ziggler and they're going to, and Swagger, and they're going to have some, you know, amateur wrestlers, turn pro wrestlers, you know, 
Kurt Angle type of gimmick. Um, so maybe that's where they go with Ziggler after and he joins the tag team, which I don't think would be a bad thing at all. Beef up the tag team division a little bit. So, yeah, I, I do think Miz wins this match. It comes out to Victor, um, you know, by hook or by crook, and he moves on to a feud with, I don't know, who, who the hell knows. All right, uh, we got Nikki Bella versus Carmella in a no-disqualification match. Uh, I can't wait for this one, Corey. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on the idea that what they do in the ring isn't great, but I think the feud itself has been been actually good. I think we're getting some really good mic work from Carmella. Her her promo this past week talking about John Cena not having to you know basically get married to her because she'll be so disfigured. I think they've done a really good job with that. I think she's gotten a lot better dealing with the crowds. I, I, you know, at any time, you know, Mrs. John Cena's in a match, you got to expect her to win. But I expect this to be a little bit better than we expect. And I would I would go with Nikki Bell. Yeah, so, I, you know, I feel like I want to say Carmella's going to win this match. But generally, when it's the blow-up to the feud, they have the babyface win. Um, and they've let really Carmella kind of go with these promos, just saying whatever the hell she wants. Um, I'm going to go with Nikki Bella just because I feel like they usually have the um, baby face when the feud is a blow-off win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with Carmella. I'm going to say Carmella wins. We have our first Nikki disagreement. Bella Nikki Bella doesn't need it. Um, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't need it. If Becky Lynch wins, which I suspect she might, um, you know, you're putting Carmella as someone who could challenge for the for the women's title. So I'm going to say Carmella wins. She needs it much more than Nikki does. I agree on that end, uh, but I, you know, I think this will be the second match that we disagree with. I'm sure I'm wearing the uh, the blinders here, but our women's table match for the uh, the SmackDown women's title: Becky Lynch versus Alexa Bliss. I think that the two of them are going to have a really good match. I think they have. Very good chemistry. I think the the promo that they had, once again, I know I'm usually the in-ring guy, but once again, another solid promo segment between the two of them. I think that Alexa Bliss is going to win the title. I think Nikki Bella will challenge her next. So I think I'm going the opposite way of you in guards. It's still a heel versus face dynamic, but I think Alexa Bliss wins the title. And I really, and I, I think that their first match I thought was pretty solid. And I know it's not on the main roster, but I thought her match versus Bailey, Alexa Bliss, was a really good match. You may want to give credit that Bailey's so good that she carried to a, a, a good match, but I think Alexa Bliss is going to win the title. And I think it's I think that Becky Lynch is better as the underdog going for the title and actually holding it because I don't really I haven't been super impressed by Becky Lynch as champion. Oh, I think Becky Lynch has been fine as champion. I think her promos have been good. I think she's done a good job. I think her matches have been solid. I think, Corey, the one thing that you may underestimate, so Becky Lynch is the, you know, next to Sasha and Bailey, is the best woman's wrestler in the company. Oh, I agree with that. Absolutely. No, no doubt about it. And I think she's so strong in the ring. She's working with some women who are really not strong in the, way, in the ring. Agreed. And Bliss has gotten better, but she's still not great. Uh, Carmella needs work. I mean, these women need work. Um, and I think that she, the one reason why she might stay as champion is because you need someone who's the champion who can carry 
you know, some of these women are good matches. If she's gonna, if if Alexa Bliss is the champion and she's wrestling Nikki Bella and Naomi, I mean, the quality of those matches really start to go down. So I don't know if you don't have Becky as a champion to help kind of carry these women to good matches until they all kind of get better. And then you can um, maybe switch the titles. That being said, they might do it anyway. Um, but I think the right move is to keep Becky as champion and have her continue to work with these other women and help them get better. All right. Uh, like I said, I think I think this could be a really good match. I, I expect this to... I think this. I expect this to shine more than I think people give credit for, and I think it's helped by the gimmick of the table, so you could actually protect uh, Becky Lynch where she doesn't actually have to lose clean. So, and I think that's usually when you have table matches. I think that's a way for the heel to go and get a win without burying your champion. So, I I could see that's another reason why I can see that actually Alexa Bliss winning the title here, and our final match of this card, which I think. As we talk about it on paper, it looks pretty good. I agree with you. Uh, AJ versus uh, Dean Ambrose in a TLC match. I think this match could really be good. I think that the less we see of James Ellsworth in this match, the better. Um, I I think that AJ wins the title. I don't think there's much doubt on that. I think AJ's been a really good champion. I think they have a lot of things planned with him. I mean... I think you have the possibility of, you know, The Undertaker versus AJ at the Rumble. I still think there's a good chance that John Cena, I know I'm forecasting here, but John Cena, you know, possibly wins the Rumble and you could have AJ versus John Cena for that 16th title reign. So I I think there's a lot of things playing here. And I think that AJ, I think, is one of the safer picks for this uh, for this show. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, too. So I, I didn't read this, but there is some type of spoiler. Because so th- this, these betting odds come out, um, you know, before the before the pay-per-views. And I saw the betting odds. I didn't see the betting odds for the Goldberg-Lesnar match. But right before the match started, they came out with these, these betting odds. And they drastically changed for Goldberg to win. So I have not looked at you know, these betting odds, but apparently that does give you some indication who's going to win. I am still going to say AJ. I think it makes sense for him to have the title. Um, I, I think with the challengers he faces, I, th- I think it makes sense for him to be the champion, but Ambrose has had a lot of chances and has not been able to do it. And if you have AJ against the undertaker, maybe that's a separate match from the title match. So you're gonna have a you're gonna have Dean against I don't know Baron Corbin or somebody, um, and then you have AJ against the Undertaker. So those matches are kind of almost on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, really, they can go either way. I think AJ wins, but I don't feel really I don't feel good about it. Okay, uh, and for those who are looking for that, uh, a really good website that does that is called wweleaks.org. Um, yeah, as of, a, I guess, a day or so ago, AJ was minus 2750. And then about, I guess, an hour before that, it was a minus 870. So I can see that big thing you were talking about. I mean, Baron Corbin is a minus 1580. Lexa Bliss is a minus 1140. Um, the Miz is a minus 825. Orton and Wyatt is a minus 12, uh, 1200. 
and Nikki Bella is a minus two eighty right now. So. And so for you guys who don't know betting, if it's a, a you know minus that that person's the favorite, and the over and depending on on the numbers can be the overwhelming favorite. So this kind of gives you some indication of who might win these matches. So I mean, I, I mean, I always think it's a little ridiculous the idea if people are betting on a on a scripted uh, scripted idea. But hey, if people want to, if somebody's willing to take your money, more power to you. Um, but I, I think that's interesting. The 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 betting we usually don't talk about that, but yeah, it's been a pretty big swing in regards to those uh, coming out of it. I th- I think this could be a really good show. Um, I don't know what match will be uh, on the kickoff show. Not that Jay ever watches them, um, nope. but I'm sure it will. They'll throw in maybe some sort of tag team match with American Alpha or you know the Vaud Villains or someone. Um, before we get out of here, a couple last things. James Ellsworth has gotten a full-time contract at WWE. Great story for him, a guy who came in as an enhancement talent to face Braun Strowman and figured out a way to get over. But in my opinion, maybe it's harsh, but I've had enough of James Ellsworth. It was a nice little run. He got over, good for him, but get him out of this title picture. I mean, AJ Styles finally got his redemption. He went in beat the living crap out of uh, James Ellsworth. I mean, before that, he basically had once lost him three times, making your world title look a little less strong. I understand they were comedy gimmicks, and it was a way to extend Dean and AJ because Survivor Series is happening in between. But maybe you disagree with me, but Ellsworth's a nice story, but if you want to go and throw him over to Raw so he can be part of, you know, 205 Live or something else, but I don't need to see James Ellsworth. It's a nice story, but it's time to go. I think it's fine. It doesn't bother me either way. Um, You know, it's not a big deal. Um, But do I want him in my main event every week? No. So I think it's fine. I think eventually the story is going to go bye-bye, and they've got to figure out what to do with him next. But, you know, good for the guy. You know, he's getting a spot. He's getting a shot. And um, it's not a big deal for me, and I don't think it'll last much longer anyway. Uh, Before we move on, What's your thoughts on the idea that they keep on throwing that small little piece out there that American Alpha is going to go for the titles, and all of a sudden they change their minds last minute? Do you think they're wasting American Alpha right now, or do you think it's just it's not their time, and maybe post-Royal Rumble we'll see something going on? I mean, what's your take on the lack of a push since coming up to the main roster of American Alpha? Yeah, I I think they'll be fine. I I think it's, it's early. Um, and, I, and I think they'll be okay. But I think when they really go for the titles, they're going to win the title. But I think we've got a little while for that. And it's better for them to go against um, uh, a heel team anyway for the titles. Okay. Um, moving on. I know you said you didn't get a chance to watch it in full, but uh, we had the first episode of 205 Live. Big thing coming out is uh, Rich, Rich Swan is the, uh, the new champion. I thought they, I thought him and uh, Brian Kendrick had a good match, not a great match, a great final sequence. The crowd is the bigger thing going on with this show. I mean, there's two things. One, Austin Aries, who's out with the uh, the eye injury from the Nakamura incident, um, he's now on commentary. I think it's a. I don't. I know you didn't get a chance to watch a lot of, if any, but I think it's a weird dynamic of having two heel. Uh, commentators with with Graves and Aries, I f- kind of feel like they they don't work extremely well together. I think it's a thing in progress, and it's, I think it's a good thing that Aries is staying 
out front. So once he is healthy, we'll know him as a guy for the 205 show. But what was your thoughts on, I know you didn't get to see it most likely, but Rick Swan being the new face of that division for right now and Austin Aries going into the broadcast booth. Yeah, so I watched a bit of it. Uh, well, first of all, they had, you know, uh, they did profiles on all these guys, which I don't know why they didn't do these profiles on Raw. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's the first thing that I thought was interesting. Uh, secondly, yeah, I, I didn't, you know, again, I kind of went through the matches. Uh, so, yeah, their chemistry needs some work. But, you know, that's going to take time, right? And um, I, I think eventually, I think eventually they'll be okay. So they just need time to figure out the chemistry. Uh, I, I think they'll do well uh, together eventually. I thought the show was okay. I thought the crowd really was not into the show at all. Sorry, my dog is is trying to um, get my attention to play with him and throw this toy at him. Troy um, the dog, make an appearance on the podcast. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, I mean, the problem is the crowd was really not into <laughs> into what was happening. They really weren't, and that's going to be something that does not make him look great. I think the the guy who got the biggest ovation was Cedric Alexander, and I think he probably is the guy they have to build that division around until if you know if they get a Bushi or get you know a, a star level you know Adam Cole, Bebe, or someone like that. Um, he's probably might be the guy to build that division around until you get someone like that. Uh, but right now. They don't have a star, and that's pretty evident in when these guys are introduced to the fans. They just don't know them or just don't care. So they need to build storylines with these guys, the undercard talent included, and hopefully that'll get the fans into it and, you know, that'll get things moving. But right now it's, okay, there's this offshoot of the WWE, and, you know, we don't know any of these guys' characters or who any of these guys are. They're just guys would just flip-flop in the ring. So we'll see over the next couple of weeks how it goes. But um, I didn't think it was the best start in the world for the 205 Live. I thought it was a little choppy. And some of the segments weren't great. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I agree. I mean, the big, the big thing on that was, and this has been spoken about all online, is the idea that basically once SmackDown ended, more than a quarter of the crowd left. And you could see in some of those opening shots, you see people walking out. I mean, they did a good job of setting up it so it looked like there was more people than there was. But that's going to be a big problem where they may have to go and get – and I know it's after one week. You don't want to destroy things right away. But you know what? They might have to do what you know, TNA and some of these other companies do where they say it's live but live to tape where you tape this at 7, 7 o'clock or 6.30 before SmackDown. And it's uh, – th- because you know what? Do you really want to go and stay for guys that you barely know after this huge things that happen in your main event of SmackDown? You know, yeah, that, I mean, that's a major problem. I mean, yeah, I mean, what, so the show's from 8 to eight to 10, right? Yep. I mean, you're staying another hour if you got to wake up in the morning, if you got to do this. You're like, well, I don't really know these guys, you know, but to get there like, an hour early, people might be more willing to do that. So I, I agree with you. I, I think they should do it earlier. Um, the, the fans will be more hyped, more looking forward to it. They won't be as tired. Um, and so, you know, and it, it'll be kind of a hype up to the show, too. And you got these guys doing some fast, exciting stuff. So um, I, I agree with you. T- live the tape would be the way I, I would do it. Absolutely. Uh, 
Last thing on, on my sheet for today is uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, we had, neither one of us, unfortunately, got a chance to watch the show from uh, Friday night. From everything we've heard, it was a, a dynamite show. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, new champion. Uh, Young Bucks kept the titles. Cody Rhodes versus Jay Lethal was supposed to be pretty darn solid. But the, the big thing coming out of this is coming this coming at the end of this uh, this month, a lot of the guys in ROH are going their contracts are going to be up. Uh, the Young Bucks have re-signed another two-year deal, which is great for them. Given the title, O'Reilly possibly means he he stays. I mean, he's got to stay to give him the belt, no? Or are they not sure Adam Cole is going to stay? Well, Adam, uh, from everything people say, Adam Cole is one of the rare contract that actually is up in. April instead of December, but that's interesting on, on that end. I mean, you could have Jay Lethal leave. You could have, you know, some, you've already had, you know, Cedric Alexander leave and a couple other guys. So it's going to be interesting what, what they do with this company going fo- forward. I mean, Leo, Leo Rush, they've made a little bit better. Diamond, you know, Dicek has gotten better. I mean, but if you have this mass exodus of an, of an NXT, you know, raid on ROH, does this company have enough guys in their pipeline to go and still be the by fault number three company, you know, in the United States? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you can lose one guy, but you can't lose, you know, if they lost, say, Adam Cole or lost Kyle O'Reilly or Jay Lethal, let's say, they could survive. They couldn't, sur- I mean, they'll survive no matter what. Mm-hmm. But if, yes, if they lost Adam Cole and Jay Lethal, let's say, that would be brutal for the company. It would be absolutely brutal. Um, I, I agree. I, I totally so agree. that's going to that's going to be tough. Um, I, I do want to know. I don't know what kind of contract the Hardys have with TNA, where they could appear on another company's show on another company's pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they have the best contract in wrestling, apparently. Um, but yeah, no, good. That that was a apparently a really really awesome awesome moment. And um, it, really cool for those guys and cool to see and be very interested to see where that goes in terms of the tag team titles on Ring of Honor. I don't expect the Hardys to win that because um, they're kind of part-time guys there, but um, that'd be really cool to see. Apparently, Cody with a little heel turn. I always think Cody's um, at his best when he's a heel, so maybe that means he stays around Ring of Honor for a little bit longer, which would be fantastic. But it seems like the pay-per-view was great. And uh, people really enjoyed it. And, you know, as, you know, as Jason Powell said on ProWrestling.net, hopefully this translates to their TV because their TV is still, Corey, I've been saying this for years. It really leaves something to be desired. And it just is not generally a good build for their their pay-per-views. You know, they have these kind of random matches that nobody cares about. They, they, they used to have the second ones with Mandy Leon, um, where they would kind of do like inside Ring of Honor talking about storylines that were going on. They're not doing that anymore. So, you know, it, it, the TV product is so inconsistent. Um, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. It really is. So um, a great pay-per-view. We'll see where this goes. We'll see who stays and who goes. Um, but I would suspect, you know, Steve Carino looks like he's going to the WWE. Um, so it looks like th- there are definitely going to be some people leaving. Uh, so I guess we'll see what happens. Absolutely. And I guess the last thing on the ROH part is, do you? we took it from the ROH point of view, 
But there's a guy like Jay Lethal, Kyle O'Reilly. I think Adam Cole, I think with the stuff that he's doing with New Japan, I think he might stay for one more year. But like a guy like Jay Lethal, is there anything else for him to do in ROH? Is it time for him to go and take the shot in NXT or hopefully maybe the WWE main roster at some point? Is it time for him, for his career, to leave? Or do you think he's where he should be and he should be this big fish in a small pond? Yeah, I guess it all depends on what he thinks, you know. Um, he was, I think, the was he the longest reigning ROH champ of all time? Not Maybe not the longest reigning, but he was champion for a long time. Um, I think Joe was, might have been champion for two years or something. But um, So he was champion for a long time. One of the greatest Ring of Honor wrestlers of all time, I, w- I, would, I would put up there. And he's been there for a while. I think he's in his early 30s. He's developed and gotten better, I think, since he came back to Ring of Honor in terms of his mic skills, in terms of his character development. I think he's been tremendous. I mean, I he he could be on the main roster in the WWE come on Monday. You know, he really could be. Um, I think he should check out. You know, now again, it depends on his circumstances, right? With his family, with moving down to Florida. You know, I I can't speak for the guy. But in terms of him testing himself, yeah, I'd love to see him in NXT. I'd love to. I'd love to see Adam Cole in NXT. But I also want to see these guys stay in Ring of Honor for a little bit longer so that company doesn't doesn't die, you know, either. So um, I, I can't speak for Jay Lethal, but I think him testing himself out probably is a good idea. I See, I'm torn on this. I, I just don't know what they – I just don't know if Jay Lethal is meant to be – a big guy in a big promotion. And I think where he had, where he is now, like, I don't think like Jay, uh, Jay Briscoe should be ever go to the WW. I think he would get lost in the shuffle. I think there's certain guys who have put a niche and a character that they should stay where they are. I mean, in no way am I the guy who should say, don't go for the most money and get the money to make your family and everything perfect the rest of your life. But I don't know. I feel like Jay lethal has put something together at ROH that he should be an ROH. He shouldn't. He shouldn't be just another guy in NXT. You know. Yeah, but, but maybe, but Corey, maybe he wouldn't be another guy in NXT. If he goes to NXT tomorrow, he's already one of the most over guys in the in NXT. Um, and I think with the way that he's gotten better on the mic, I think he would do. He would get himself over even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, NXT is. You know, we talked about, oh, they're losing people, and what are they going to do after Kevin Owens and this guy leaves? And now they're kind of getting loaded again because uh, we assume they're going to get at least one Ring of Honor guy, I would think. Um, one, you know, upper main event level guy. You would think they would get at least one. So if they get one of those, even if they lose Samoa Joe with Austin Aries, with Eric Young, with Bobby Roode, with Nakamura, they still have a pretty good roster. Um, you know, since the show's only an hour anyway. So uh, we'll see what happens with NXT and with these guys leaving. But, um, you know, I guess it, it's up to these guys and their families and what they want to do. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks, you know, who goes where. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be back with a couple of final thoughts on my end. But, Jay, I think this is the perfect time for you to let everybody know how they can follow me and I guess the show also on Twitter mm-hmm. and Facebook and everything sure. else. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm a little rusty. So uh, we are at Work Shoot Pod. Corey's at Paladin 808. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just type in the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Um, you can find us on uh, Stitcher and on iTunes. 
on Stitcher, we are the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. On iTunes, we are Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. So check us out there. And our website is www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Work Shoot Podcast. Thanks. Very cool. And uh, last thoughts before we call it a day. Uh, two things. One, I just want to say congratulations to two of my favorite non-WWE contracted workers in the world. We said it before slightly in passing because we didn't get to see the match, but Kyle O'Reilly winning the ROH title, well-deserved. I think it's going to be really interesting where he goes from here and what they do with Bobby Fish and everything else. And also, I want to say congratulations to Shibata, who won back the Never title great, but he also went to Rev Pro Wrestling in the U.K., and beat Zack Sabre Jr. for the British heavyweight title. So he's going to be wrestling more overseas. He's already got a event signed uh, for January 21st against uh, Matthew Riddle, who's slowly becoming one of the better guys out there. So big ups. God, I sound so ridiculous saying that. But to both Shibata and um, Kyle O'Reilly, who I think are two of the best guys that aren't currently signed the WWE. And uh, the last thing, and Jay, get your opinion on this. The big thing going online since uh, Survivor Series weekend is this movement for the 10th entry in the Royal Rumble this year it, to be the perfect 10 Ty Dillinger. Do you like that idea, or do you think it's, you know, it was a 10-second thing where in Toronto he was over. Do you think Ty Dillinger should be the 10th entrant in the Royal Rumble this year? I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be awesome. And I think they should test it, right? Because what if he gets a big reaction and you're the WWE, you got to think, okay, maybe we need to put this guy on the main roster or give this guy a push. I think he's the perfect guy for the main roster because you don't need to worry about him ever winning the title. He doesn't ever need to win the title. And the crowd really likes him. So he's the perfect guy to be over with the crowd. So I hope he's in the Royal Rumble. I think it'd be phenomenal and fantastic. Very cool. And uh, so, like I said, we've got TLC this weekend. We've got another pay-per-view basically like in another week and a half in Roadblock. Ugh, too many of these goddamn shows. Um, but, Jason, thank you, as always, for joining me this week on the podcast. Uh, I guess go, pack, go in uh, about 25 minutes to a half hour. We'll see how that goes today. But uh, for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. Thank you, as always, for uh, joining us. We will try to be back next week and a slightly more regular rotation of shows coming up. And don't forget that in the next couple of weeks, the 2016 wrestling podcast awards, the nominations will be going up. So uh, we'll let you know how to go and vote for us and other, you know, your favorite matches, Diva and everything else this year. Last two years, we have been uh, nominees. Unfortunately, we haven't won, but let's go for a three-peat and maybe we can win one this year. But, uh, Jason, uh, the final word, the floor is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.